1: Make it
0: Make it MIP with
2: Massimela Matsumo, Mark Thompson. Make it get woke. God bless you, get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone, and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Ladies and gentlemen, to talk about what's going on with the Supreme Court, among other things, joining us today is Executive director of the Center for Popular Democracy. But many of you will remember her most fondly for something that happened on an elevator not too long ago. Let's remind ourselves and take a quick listen. Senator
1: Flake, do you think that Brett Kavanaugh is telling the truth? Thank Thank you. Do you think that he's able to hold the pain of this country and repair it That is the work of justice. The way that justice works is you recognize harm, you take responsibility for it, and then you begin to repair it. You're allowing someone who is unwilling to take responsibility for his own actions, unwilling to hold the harm that he has done to one woman, actually three women, and and repair it. You're allowing someone who is unwilling to take responsibility for his own actions in the higher court of the country. And to and to have the role of repairing the harm that has been done in this country to many people. No, no, thank you. What do you think? Senator, do you care
0: to respond?
1: No.
2: That was once again the voice of the executive director of the Center of Popular Democracy, Anna Maria Aichila joins us now. Anna Maria, how are you?
1: Well, I am shocked at what we saw in the debate. I am enraged by the fact that we are um, in the hands of President Trump who displays so little care for people. And I am also doing my best to remind myself that the work of building a just country is is work that takes a long, long time and has many stops and many turns. And we are in this moment in history now. And we have a Supreme Court in our fight, a Supreme Court uh, battle in our hands again. And uh, we need to do everything we can to make sure that people can use their power and that we can use this opportunity to remind ourselves that we are the ones that choose the president and not the other way. Donald Trump has said in the debate that he wants to Um, install a new Supreme Court justice so that he has six votes in his favor when he brings a challenge to the election. So we are going to do everything that we can to make sure that we prevent him from doing that.
2: Yeah. He he pretty much admitted that, didn't he? He he said that that was his agenda.
1: Well, yes, because Donald Trump knows that he is not winning, that people have lost trust in him, that even though he has presented himself as a sort of savior. The fact is 200,000 people died uh, because of his inept handling of the COVID crisis. The fact is 30 million people lost their jobs because of his inept crisis of the economic, the inept handling of the economic crisis. And um, he knows that uh, people are not going to vote for him. So, uh, but what he doesn't want to acknowledge is that people are powerful. And that we will, we have had to like seed the, like water the seeds of optimism in this administration so many times. And we have turned to each other when he couldn't handle the COVID crisis, we turned to each other to bring each other food. When our brothers and sisters were getting killed in the street by the police, we turned to each other and turned out to protest. And when he wants to take the Supreme Court, we're turning to each other to defend our court. So he doesn't want to acknowledge that, but we see him for what he is, a very small bully.
2: (laughs) Exactly. So when you hear your voice in the elevator like that, what what, what does that do to you? What what are you thinking about? How does that make you feel?
1: Well, I hear in my voice so much um, outrage and like emotion that I think had been building for many, many weeks leading up to that confrontation with Senator Flake in the elevator, because what preceded that moment was thousands of women sharing their stories of sexual assault on social media, thousands of women going to the halls of Congress to share their stories in front of their senators. And I, you know, when I saw him, I saw him as someone who... even though all of us were doing our best to educate him and other senators and the country to allow the country to see itself, he had yet, he had not yet heard our voices. And so I hear in myself so much, both like anger and like urgency to like make him hear our stories. And I also, um, just I pick up the sadness of that moment for me and the, the, you know, when I try to urge him, like, this is not, don't say thank you. Like, this is about the future of our country. This is about, you know, my kids, the, the children in your life. Um, I hear all of that. Yeah, I also know that the energy that brought me to that um, exchange was not mine alone. It was really, that energy had been fed by the stories of thousands and thousands of people and the courage of thousands and thousands of people. So people ask me all the time how did you do it? And I just say, I was surrounded by people who were doing exactly that. And it just happened that that moment was captured by the cameras. But that energy was floating around the halls of Congress and the country.
2: Are there going to be demonstrations during this confirmation the way there were during Kavanaugh? Are you planning for that
1: we are, yeah, we are beginning the efforts to bring people to um, D.C. People are coming to Washington, D.C. to tell their stories because they know that the real consequence of nominating um, a new judge by Trump to the Supreme Court is that people will lose their health care. That is going to be the most immediate consequence because there is a hearing on health care on November 10th uh, in the Supreme Court on the, you know, the many efforts that Trump has made to end the ACA. So people are coming to protect their healthcare, to save their families, and that's already happening. Obviously, we are waging this fight in the middle of the coronavirus crisis, and it's very difficult, very different to protest in this moment. I don't know that we will be able to kind of get in the buildings, but, um, but the senators are in Washington, D.C., and people are, um, it is our duty to talk to them. And it is our duty to make them look us in the eye and listen to our stories and really face the the impact of their decision on our lives.
2: You're right. The immediate effect is the Affordable Care Act. But we also know that Trump's nominee is uh, against women's reproductive rights. So you go from one nominee We're dealing with the issue of sexual assault to another nominee who has no regard for women's existential right to govern their own bodies.
1: Yeah, I mean, Trump, if if he's anything, he's consistent. He's consistently... Um, misogynist. We saw it in the campaign when he bragged about assault, sexually assaulting women and the way that he objectified and diminished women. We have seen it in his policies. We, and we have seen it in his um, nomination to the Supreme Court. He forced Brett Kavanaugh on the whole country, even though there were very credible uh, allegations of sexual assault against him. And now he's forcing, he's rushing to grab power and install a new Supreme Court justice who not only does not support abortion, she doesn't support any form of family planning. <laughs> She's a strong record of ruling against women's right to choose how we govern our bodies and how we build our lives. And, you know, her ideology really supports a sort of like, her, her rulings really support and embody a sort of patriarchal ideology, the subjugation of women as like central to how uh, this country must be governed. And she's dangerous because of that. And she's dangerous because she also has ruled against um, the ACA. She has very bad decisions on the rights of immigrants and many other things. But really, we need to see these moments for what it is, which is Trump knowing that he can't win the vote. And trying instead to go around the people to install himself in office. And I want to remind people that the thing that has slowed down Trump's barrage of attacks against our communities have been people. People on the streets, people protesting, people, you know, yelling at a senator in an elevator, uh, people marching and, uh, you know, being part of the largest civil rights m- movement in a generation. And it will be us who not only stop him on election day and election season, which is already started, but also uh, prevent him from staying in office. And so we have to kind of organize ourselves around the idea that we are powerful, that we are actually confronting a bully. We're not confronting someone who is a, who is a strong man and we need to nurture each other's Power and energy so that we can stay the course through inauguration.
2: We are finding, too, aren't we, that a majority of Americans feel the next president should pick the Supreme Court nominee. And if that's true, I mean, we know it's true, that's what's in the polls. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully that will translate when people vote, right? When people get out to vote, they'll vote in that fashion. And there's no way he can that's
0: win. That's right.
1: I mean, So Trump does many unpopular things. He specializes in doing things that the public doesn't want. And this is one of those. He is insisting that he has the power to install a new Supreme Court justice, even though it is deeply unpopular and it is not working. He's doing it because he, you know, as a last effort to get more votes and it's not working. There are stories about how this is not working in Pennsylvania. It is not working in Arizona. People don't really... Um, they there, they see through him. Um, so he's doing something deeply unpopular. He's, you know, the his immigration policies were deeply unpopular. His um, approach to the to the COVID crisis is deeply unpopular. He has he tries to distract people, and we saw that in the debate last night. He refused to engage in the debate and was just kind of sowing chaos and chaos and chaos, which is his formula. You know, the, his formula at the beginning was racism and misogyny to turn out a narrow and like the promise of some nationalist kind of return to a, you know, economy of that has never existed and has never worked for poor people. And, you know, he didn't deliver on that. And now um, he's, you know, doubling down on the misogyny with the nomination of the Supreme Court um, and doubling down on the racism with the way that he has sent National Guards to attack you know, peaceful protesters, the way that um, he continues a very racist discourse. And um, and that none of that is popular. He cannot win, he didn't win the popular vote and he's not gonna win the popular vote. He can only stay in office if he refuses to leave power like he has said he's going to do. If he gets the Supreme Court to line up behind him, which he has told us he's trying to do. And if we let him, and guess what? Like, people have resisted this administration's effort to trample over all of us from day one, and we won't let him.
2: Yeah. Is Do you think there is a way to really stop this nomination?
1: I think that it is. it is undoubtedly true that the Republicans have the vote to pass this nomination. That was also true when... On day one of the Trump administration, when they had the votes to end the ACA, five times they tried to pass legislation through Congress in the first six months of Trump's administration to end the ACA. And, five, and they had the House and they had the Senate and they had the White House. And five times they couldn't do it because people showed up and disrupted the hearings. People showed up in their wheelchairs and, for, and like made them talk to them. They people made them feel the like the level of disrespect that they were experiencing from them, and that stopped them. So, the task right now for us, people who care about the Supreme Court, who understand the consequences on our lives, is to do what we can to slow down this process so that he cannot complete this confirmation before inauguration day, before election day. day. Um, And then, once we see the results of the election. We then have a chance, right? We're trying to, like, we have a narrow path and we're trying to take our chance in that narrow path, which is if we prevent this confirmation from happening before election day, then we have an opportunity to fight again. If Trump loses the election, the Senate, the Republicans lose the majority, they will not have any legitimacy. It will be much harder for them to say, well, we won the, you know, we, we got elected, we won. So that's the path. I want to tell people that, you know, like in the Kavanaugh fight, we fought and we defined that fight as a fight about democracy, not about one seat in the Supreme Court, but about our democracy and about who has power. And we made their vote very, the vote, those who voted for Kavanaugh, we made that vote very, a very heavy liability for them um so the way that we wage this fight um is as important as the outcome and i want to invite people to um to join in the in the fight because when what i learned from that elevator moment and what i learned from the Kavanaugh fight is when you walk past your fear and your shame and your the things that hold you back you like harvest power that you didn't know you had. When you see someone do something courageous, then you feel courageous yourself. It is a thing that gets built through action. And so we have to build the muscle of fighting for each other because we're in this for the long haul, at least through inauguration day.
2: Yeah, I I like the way you put that. Courage can be contagious.
1: Mm -hmm. Courage is contagious.
2: And, And I like that. Uh, I like that plan too, right? Because if, if they can be thwarted from confirming her before the election, that gives us some, some room to work with. Yeah. That's
1: the plan. That's yeah. what we will try to do. And we have to understand that um, we, have, we can use this moment to remind them of what they haven't done. Because the, the Senate Republicans have sat on their hands for six months As 200,000 people die, as 30 million people lost their jobs, as small businesses shut down everywhere, and they refuse to use their power and to act with urgency to pass COVID relief. And now they are rushing. Now it turns out they do have time to be in the Senate and use their power and act with urgency to do a power grab and to allow Trump to line up votes. Um, They are elected by people their job is to represent our interests and they haven't done their job. So I want to remind them of how we see, we see you acting fast when you sat on your hands and didn't do things to help our people survive. Right,
2: And and still aren't doing anything. It's not as if Mm -hmm. they can't walk and chew gum at the same time. They're still inactive on COVID and relief for people. But you're right. They got time to do a power grab now.
1: That's right. That's right. They're showing us that they have the power that if, when they feel, when they want to get something done, they get it done. You know what they haven't wanted to get done? The extension of unemployment insurance for millions of people who are struggling to pay their rent. And October 1st is coming up and people, rent is due. And what's waiting on the other side of this inaction by the Senate Republicans is an unprecedented eviction crisis. So I wanna make them really like confront the reality that they have created by refusing to act to help people in this moment.
2: So if people wanna get involved with some of the work you're gonna be doing around this nomination on the ground, what do they do? Do they go to the Center for Popular Democracy? Tell everyone how to get involved, Ana Maria.
1: So you can go to the our website, populardemocracy.org. Uh, you can also join a Facebook group called um, Supreme Court Voter, Supreme Court Voter. That Facebook group has a lot of activists who are everywhere across the country who really are moved by Ruth Bader Ginsburg's legacy, but also who understand that it is up to us to, we are we are all we got. Like we have to stand up for one another and it is a, a space to find community and also to get all the information about the actions, the opportunities to take action that will happen over the next several weeks.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you agree as well. It's important for people to get out and vote. Um, also, folks, as this election is coming up so we've gotta mm-hmm. we've gotta be heard, our voices must be heard. And we gotta win. We've gotta win because that's gonna make it make it even stronger, woman.
1: That's right. I mean this election there couldn't be a more important I know we hear this in every election. I really do think no one would argue that this isn't the election of our lifetime. This is the most important election. This is the election that decides what country we have, whether we have a democracy at all. Um, and it is an election that, um, if we all turn out and we talk to our our friends, our siblings, our cousins, our children, we can have this experience of feeling powerful together. And yep. um, the question is not who's going to vote for Trump or who's going to vote for Biden. The question is who's going to stay home and not vote. And I want you to be in the group of people that helps those who are maybe sitting back and feeling like this is not for them to feel like actually they are, they hold the promise of our future. It is the new people that show up on November 3rd and that are showing up from now until November 3rd, um, who hold the promise of a country that is more fair, more just, more humane.
2: Indeed. indeed. Ana Maria Archia, our, our very special guest, popular democracy.org and on Facebook Supreme Court voter folks don't just get ready get involved uh, we're going to see this go down in Washington DC don't meet us there beat us there we want to be heard we want to be seen we want to mobilize we want to slow this process up we want to to hold this process accountable don't let them just get away with this all right so please get involved everyone Ana Maria, it's so good to talk to you and you, yes, your your courage, your courage, your courageousness is inspiring. We so appreciate you. Okay. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me here.
2: All right. Take care. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening. And their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been made plain.